the reading of the word of God for us this evening. And what a wonderful time of worship. We've just sung about how great God is and that we will take God at his word. And I think that's a really good place for us to start this evening. Because we are continuing to look at having courage. Tonight we're going to look at having courage to get moving. But we know the word of God is powerful. All scripture is God-breathed. It's suitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that we can be built up and thoroughly equipped to every good work that God has got for us. And so let's just pray as we start. Lord, may we just hear your word with clarity tonight. Lord, I ask that you would equip us and help us to fulfill every plan that you have for our lives for your glory, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, so they've got the courage to get moving. So God hasn't placed us on this earth without purpose. He's got a destiny, he's got a plan, he's got a purpose that he wants to fulfill. But as we seek to fulfill his purposes, as we seek his direction, we tend to find that there are difficulties, there are obstacles that confront us. Every one of us has come to crossroads in our lives where we have to make a decision. And sometimes we can lose heart. Fear can grip our hearts and we don't make the decision that God wants us to make. Sometimes it's just downright disobedience. We know what we're meant to do, but for short-term gain, we forsake the long-term benefits. And so we find ourselves missing out. We suffer the pain that results from those decisions. I myself know of some of the pain that's caused. And you know that God has called you to do something and then you fail to do it. But thankfully, we have a gracious God who forgives us, cleanses us from all guilt and all pain resulting from our disobedience. When we are with God, when we walk with him, when we obey his commands, we can see those obstacles as challenges that we can overcome together as we put our hand in his. We can see his power unleashed and we can develop a stronger faith in him because we see what he has delivered us out of. We've all had those moments that require that 20 seconds of courageous faith. Maybe it's a case of, I've talked before about how I I climbed mountains and you found a huge big precipice. And there's that 20 seconds of courage to say, I know that if I miscalculate my step, I could die here. But you you gird up your loins and you say, right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fix my face like Flint. I'm going to do this. That's like 20 seconds of courage to do it. But how great do you feel when you actually make that decision and you step out? It's like, look what I have overcome. I've overcome that obstacle. It may be asking someone out for a first date or sharing the gospel with a stranger. We face these 20 seconds of courage. You feel that knot on the inside of you. It's like, am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? And you know that it's kind of now or never. You have those now or never moments. So we've got to focus today on that 20 seconds of courage, when you know that you need to make a decision, when you feel that prompting of the Holy Spirit saying, just do it, just do it. 
So let's think about areas of our life when God prompts us to step forward. We need to step forward, make that step. We need to say the things that need to be said, to make the decisions that need to be made. Maybe repair relationships that need repairing. So that in that one moment of decision, you can make a decision that completely shifts the trajectory of your life. If you never ask that girl out, you know what? You're never going to have her as a wife. You've got to make that decision. It will change the direction of your life. In this series, we're drawing principles from Joshua. And so let's just be thinking about the background to the reading that we've just read today. So God spoke to Abraham many, many years before, he, before this incident with um, Joshua. So it was probably about 500 years before Joshua. And God spoke to Abraham saying, go from your country, leave your, the land of your fathers and go to a place that I have prepared for you. He didn't tell Abraham where he was to go, but he promised him that he was going to make him a great nation and that generations would be blessed through him. Now, it took great courage in that moment to make a decision to get moving, not knowing where he was going. So 500 years later, under the leadership of Moses, the Israelites are in Egypt. They've been in captivity for 400 years. And again, we know the story of how Moses was called by God at the burning bush. And the scripture says that God used Moses with an almighty hand and an outstretched arm, performing miracle after miracles. So encountering God at the burning bush, he was commissioned with such a great task, which again took great courage. So crossing the Red Sea, Moses and the Israelites, they entered the desert where they were supposed to just travel through. But as a result of their lack of courage and their disobedience, they spent 40 years just wandering around in the wilderness. They failed to receive their inheritance from God. So then Moses has died and Joshua has been raised up as the new leader. God has given him the task now to take two million Israelites into the promised land. There are two spies that he has sent out. And they've returned from Jericho and brought back a report that says, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands, for all the people are melting for fear because of us. We can take it whenever we want to. And so Joshua is saying, like, this is the moment that we've been waiting for. So he dispatches men throughout the camp of Israel, announcing that the next morning they're going to break camp, pitch their tents on the banks before the River Jordan. They finally come to the entry point of the promised land, that which was promised to Abraham all those years before. I'm sure there was a great buzz among the Israelites. This is the day. This is when it's all happening. We're standing on the brink of our destiny. As they approached the river, their hearts sank. For there was a huge barrier between them and their promised land. The Jordan was defiantly uncrossable. Now, the River Jordan 
Normally, the, the widest part would be maybe 100 feet. But during the time of spring, the waters became a raging torrent. And where the Israelites wanted to cross, it would now become a mile wide. Now, some of them might be thinking, well, I might manage to make it across, but what about those who are elderly or the, the young? How are they ever going to get through? The banks are wide. The banks are overflowing. And it is completely insurpassable. But when, it's a bit like ourselves. God calls us into maybe a new version of ourselves. Maybe a better marriage. Or he's called us to a place of peace. You know what, there's going to be obstacles standing between where God wants us to be and where we are. So fear arises in people's hearts. And I just think about the number of parents I've, set, I've heard say to me, you know what, little Johnny, he still finds it really hard to sleep at night. And he says he's scared of the dark. But when he comes into my, my room, he would just go out like a light. And it's not the fact that he's scared of the dark. It's actually that he's frightened of being alone. And I think that is something you don't grow out of. It's that sense of, I don't want to be alone in the world. There's that God-shaped hole in us. We know we're, we've been created for relationship. So it's so true that often it's not the problems in life that we face, but it's the idea of having to face those problems alone that causes our hearts to fail within us. But even in the darkest night, when we go through the most difficult times... We need to remind ourselves that we're never, ever alone. Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. And we see uh, in this story that the Ark of the Covenant is to go before the people. To the Ark of the Covenant, this is a place where God chose to manifest his presence. We know that God is omnipresent, but he chose this to be the place where he would manifest his presence. Inside it, you've got the Ten Commandments, you've got the will of God, you've got the manna, which just shows God's provision, and you've got Aaron's staff, which is authority. And so they're carrying this, they're carrying the very presence of God across into the Jordan. So we need to think about three things today. So our first thing we're going to think about is having obedience over focusing on obedience over obstacles. So we will face different obstacles in our life. But we can't deal with it in our own strength. We need the strength of God in order to overcome. We need to remain in his presence. We need to follow after his commands. And there we are given the strength to overcome these things. You see, God is saying that when you see it, when you get the instruction, when you get the commandment, don't wait around. Don't wait around. Don't think, oh, well, I'll, I'll just think on that for a little while. Just do it. When God has spoken, just do it. We read in the Bible, forgive those who've sinned against you. We, we find, love your enemies. 
heal those broken relationships. It's not something that we need to go away and think about and, and sit upon. God is saying, act. Act now. You need to have the uh, commitment to obedience over the obstacles that we face. We easily put obstacles up in, in our hearts. But when we obey God, it's almost like he turns a no way into a highway for us so that we can um, have transformed lives. We have to believe that God can handle the impossible. God is the God of the impossible. We need to lay hold of that 20 seconds of courage and just do it. Do the things that he said. Bridge that gap between where we want to be and where we are right now. So we're not to obsess over the obstacles, but obsess over the opportunities that that affords. What it will mean if we, we step over to the other side. We come into that spacious place. God is saying that there's no obstacle that we can't handle together. There's no obstacle bigger than me. So our obsession with obedience needs to be primary in our lives. There's also a difference between hearing and listening. So sometimes my, sometimes my children will say to me, oh, well, Mom, I didn't hear you, usually when I've asked them to do the washing up. But, but no, it's not that you didn't hear me. It's like you're not listening. So you heard me, but it's just not going in. And so this happens on our journey spiritually. So often we're hearing but we're not listening. I think about Moses, and the first time he needed to provide water for the Israelites, God said to him, strike the rock, and of course water poured out. But the next time he, he needed to provide water for the Israelites, God had said to him, speak to the rock. But in Moses' mind, he's thinking, well, last time when I hit the rock, water gushed out. And his confidence, he'd seen his staff being used in all the miracles that were performed in Egypt. So it's almost like his confidence had gone into his staff rather than the God who was giving him the command. He'd heard the command that was given, but he wasn't really listening. And as a result, he never entered into the promised land that God had purposed for him to do. Um, if we look at... Um, just look at the screen, we've got a, a verse here. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, you shall set out from your place and go after it. So what instructions are being given? Very clear command. And I, I think, what things is it God is speaking to us that we actually need to do? What instructions from God are we ignoring? What has he told us to do we've not done yet? We need to obsess over being uh, pursuers after his truth, pursuers after his way. So let's just think about it. Joshua's got to lead all these people, two million people across the Jordan, not knowing how fast the water is flowing, um, through this impassable river. Imagine the courage that Joshua needed at this moment. But there was a specific moment when God said, rally the people, get them to step up, get them moving in the direction of the Jordan River. One step 
at a time. Now, the leaders are going out first. And this is how God often works. He sends out leaders before us. He says, once you see the leaders step up, then, and the ark of the covenant has gone out before you, then you don't delay. You need to follow on. Don't look at the Jordan River. Don't look twice at it. Listen to my commands and step out. As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. We can often make plans in our own lives, our prayer lives maybe, our dedication to worship or reading the Bible, and we, we don't seem to make any, any progress. It's only when we deal with that barrier that everything kind of comes together. Sometimes we're held hostage by a particular sin or a particular way of thinking. We can't seem to get off first base and do anything about it. But obsessing over our obstacles will maybe mean that we will miss life's greatest opportunities. God is speaking to us. So what is it that we're ignoring Scripture says to give this command to the priests who carry at the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. Now, this is the principle, is stepping into, um, focusing on direction over perfection. So it's not waiting until everything is in order, but it's actually taking those first steps I have this little phrase that I use. It's not terrific, but it's not horrific. So when it comes to getting my house tidied, um, sometimes I just really struggle for time because I'm on to the next thing, I'm on to the next thing. And I'm thinking, oh, it's not how I want it, but I think it's not, hor- it's not terrific, but it's not horrific. Uh, it will have to do. And sometimes it's just making those little steps So I might not manage to get the whole kitchen cleared, but I can get the washing up done. Um, And I just see it's making those little steps. Sometimes perfection prevents us from stepping into the fullness of what God's got for us. It's not the size of the step that matters, but it's the direction of the step that is important. So if we start every day down on our knees and we just say to God, Lord, today... Before I move, before I even get out of bed, I just want to ask you to point my feet in the right direction. Point me in the direction that you want me to go. Help me to fulfill the purposes that you have got for me to fulfill today. I'll step towards the marriage that you want me to have. I'll step towards being the kind of mom that you want me to be. I'll step towards the kind of person you want me to be in my place of work. And if I start taking steps every single day, eventually I will reach the place that God has got for me. I'll come into that spacious place. I can look back and I can see how far I've come and and the destination is there before me. So sometimes it feels there are areas of our life we're taking one step back and two steps forward. But That's just the way life is. We need to accept our weaknesses. We need to accept our failings. 
but keep our eyes focused on the direction that God has got for us. Sometimes there's a, a habit that we can't seem to break or we've got to hang up. We've just got to keep moving in the right direction. I think sometimes people struggle about maybe joining a, a small group, for example. It's not just about making a decision to get into a small group, but it's, it's getting, making small steps to have the life that you want. So you show up to the small group, you start to share your thoughts, your ideas, you start praying for each other. Gradually you're seeing that there are others that are supporting you, that understand, that can encourage you. And it's step after step of just engaging with other people that we find that we're being led to the destination of freedom that God has got for us. There's nothing like being around other people to help you to progress to the destiny that God has got. It starts with obedience, then it moves to steps. It's not the size of the steps, it's the direction. So next we need to focus on movement over miracles. So some part of the reason why we might get stuck with taking the first step is we've got misplaced expectations. We think that God is going to just work a miracle and we can just stand back and do nothing. The people left the camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead with them. It was harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing at his banks. So what people needed was a miracle. What they wanted to be sat in their tents to go, Lord, when you part the waters, then we'll cross the river. But God is saying, no, you've got to get up, you've got to move, you've got to go and stand in this place. And as the people who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, as the priests step into the water, that was when the water started to shift. So it says that the water began to rise up as a heap in the place of Adam. I think Adam might have said, wow, it was amazing time miracles for you, but we were flooded. So this is maybe not so great for the town of Adam. So they wanted to step into the fullness of what God had got for them, and the whole of the nation of Israel passed on dry ground. Here's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as we step out in obedience, that's when the miracles are unleashed. The Bible tells us, go lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Oh, I'm too frightened to do that. We've just sung about, I will take you at your word. These signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So why are we not seeing the fulfillment of those things? We see these barriers, we see these obstacles that are standing in the way. We expect miracles from God, but he's expecting movement from us. And we need to work with him to see his destination fulfilled. So here is the question tonight. So where do you yourselves need to get moving? Where do you need to take a step? For some of us tonight, it might be sin that we need to confess. It might be 
fear that we've held on to for years. Maybe some of you have been thinking for some time, like, I need to get baptized. But you're thinking, I'd really like to do that without getting wet. So, but God is saying you need to place your faith in me. You need to have that 20 seconds of courage to say, you know, I know you've called me to do this, Lord, and I'm just going to go ahead and do it. As soon as the feet of the priest who were carrying the ark hit the water, the waters receded. The people were able to pass on dry ground. You can almost imagine some of the priests, you're just like, Bob, sh- sh- are you sure we should go? And another priest, oh, no, 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 you should do it. You go first. That's that 20 second moment where they had to step out, they had to step into the waters believing that God was going to do what he had promised, that he would be true to his word. There's that 20-second moment where they took that step, and it benefited generations of people, their kids, their their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, and right down through history. The people of God that would bless the nations of the world that they would know salvation. They would become the people of God that we have today. In fact, the lineage is carried right through from this time to Mary, which, of course, who gave birth to Jesus, one that would transform human hearts. So he invites us to 20 seconds of insane amounts of courage, but it's often that the barriers are not not a river, but the barrier that stands between us is something spiritual. So when God looks at humanity, he sees the condition of our hearts and he says, I will do anything for my people. I'm not far off, I'm not distant, I am a personal God that knows you, who loves you, who desires to have relationship with you, and that is why I have sent my son. I have bridged the barrier between myself and you by sending my son. But you need to do something. It has been finished. It has been done. We can have a reconciliation of relationship with our heavenly father. But we need to have that 20 seconds of courage to say, I'm going to receive that. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to receive what has been purchased for me, a ticket to a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Let's just pray tonight that we can have the courage to stand. Maybe there's somebody here that has never actually yielded their life to Jesus. And so I'd like to give an opportunity for that to happen tonight. He wants to give you a direction. He wants to give you a sense of purpose, a sense of destiny. I remember as an eight-year-old child, I had a headmaster who just spoke life into me. He, he would sing songs which I would sing on, my, sing on my swing. And I knew there was a God out there somewhere that loved me. And he had a plan, he had a purpose for my life, and... And I remember praying then, I didn't know him, but I was like, Lord, I want to know you, and I want to fulfill your plans and purposes for my life. 
And here I am, 40 years later, saying, Lord, I want to know you more. And I know you've got plans and purposes to fulfill in and through my life. And that's what I want. We've been created for purpose. Sometimes it takes courage to step out and be the only one in the family that actually says, I'm trusting in Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No compromise. I'm going to let go of the past. I'm going to step into a relationship with my Heavenly Father. So let's just pray. If you recognize today you need a savior, I want to invite you to close your eyes, your head bowed, and just say to him right now, Lord God, I need you. I believe and confess with my lips, and I believe in my heart that you've made a way, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you died for me, paying the price for my sins. I believe you've conquered the grave, and that you've promised to Give me eternity with you. Lord, I receive that gift of life for myself today and ask that you lead me and you would guide me in the ways that you would have me walk. You'd reveal to me your plans and purposes for my life that I may fulfill every one of them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, God can help us overcome every obstacle that we face in life. The church in Acts, they crossed over impossible situations because they took simple steps that remain with us today. Jordan stretches before us. The challenge is too much for us. We have to believe that there's nothing too difficult for God. He's made a way through Jesus. And we really can't do anything apart from him of any eternal significance. Let's just ask ourselves, is there anything that we're obsessing over? Obstacles, physically, financially, vocationally, emotionally, spiritually, that will make me miss life's greatest opportunities? What instruction from God have I been ignoring? What direction am I headed in as I move forward, step by step? If I become overwhelmed or paralyzed at the enormity of the tasks that are ahead of me, what patterns do I need to change? What do I need to embrace? What processes do I need to embrace? What steps do I need to take? Are we expecting miracles from God when God is expecting movement from us it's time to get moving church let's not be overwhelmed by the enormity of what lies before us let's just all stand please and pray as the, as the band's about to lead us into worship let's just pray Father we just want to thank you today that you are the God who makes a way I thank you, you're a wonder-working, miraculous-working God, and there's nothing impossible for you. There's nothing too hard for you. At the same time, we recognize that we have a responsibility to respond to the grace 
to respond to your movement. Lord, we yield our hearts to you. We want to move with you. So we ask for your wisdom, your discernment, and your help. In Jesus' name.